when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to the Super Mojo Podcast. It's Colby Patnode, and I am joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Uh, Ty, how are you doing today? Uh, as we talked about off-air, I've had a pretty busy last few days, but, you know, I'm, I'm uh, hanging in there, catching up on sleep, you know, ready to talk some ball. How have you been? Been okay, been okay, you know. Um, it was pretty busy yesterday, nothing too crazy, just, you know, general busyness. Um and yeah, you know, just kind of waiting for the Mariners to come back on TV. It's it's ridiculous that Root Sports couldn't show us some of these games instead of you know Mariners spotlights. Oh yeah, there is a game on. Is that on MLB TV for me? Let me check. Could be. Ooh, it it is. It is. I'm go. going to be turning that on right now. Oh good. <laughs> so I'll be giving the. I guess I'll be giving live updates or well, live to you. Right. Updates. Not to the people listening to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, on today's show, we are going to go ahead, guys. We're going to talk about the the biggest topic right now in Mariners Nation, and that is the start of the Cactus League season for one Jared Kelnick and whether or not he should be in the discussion to be on the opening day roster. But uh, before we do, just a quick little uh, note here on Kelnick uh, so you guys can see where we're starting from. He's appeared in seven games, not counting today's. Um, I don't know if he's appearing in today's, but seven games so far, 17 plate appearances, 14 at-bats. He's got five hits, a double, a home run, two RBI, two walks, two strikeouts, uh, was hit by pitch, and he is hitting 357, 471, 643, which is a uh, 1.113 OPS. So, Ty, no doubt, Jared Kelnick's been uh, quite good uh, for the Mariners this spring. Mm-hmm. But does that warrant a spot on the opening day roster for a 20-year-old? Oh, no. Uh, I mean, how many bats did he have in Double uh, A last year? Like, not that many. Uh, I believe it was 92 plate appearances. Yeah, I'm not putting him in, uh, in Major League Baseball off of 92 plate appearances at uh, at the double-A level and, 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 um, and uh, you know, a handful of games in spring training. Plus, you know, consider the fact that uh, Kelnick has come in later on in games and has done most of his damage against minor league pitchers that are roughly at the same level that he is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny you mention that baseball reference has a uh, spring training stack they call opponent quality. Yeah. Uh, or these placement numeric value on the level of competition you're seeing when you play in these spring training games, because as we all know, they vary vastly um, based on when you enter the game. Uh, his opo- It's a scale of 1 to 10. 10 is, you know, major league quality. Um, 8 is AAA, so on and so <coughs> forth. Uh, mm-hmm. Kelnick slides in right now at 5.9. 
which yeah. is just just above high A, but just below double A. So he's right in between facing right between double A and single A uh, high A talent. So, which uh, is basically where he is. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, there there's nothing that he could have done this spring uh, to me that would warrant. Uh, um, his inclusion on the roster, you know, uh, again, you know, we've said time in and time out on this podcast that we don't buy into <clears throat> spring training production, uh, for, you know, unless it's a very specific circumstance, you know, whether it's like a lower level position battle or something like that. Um, but the Jared Kalnick doing what he's doing, you got to factor in the level of competition. You got to factor in that it's seven games, that it's just spring training. There's no, there's no, 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 no logic whatsoever in bringing him onto the roster now and using up a year of control and using up and and forcing him to speed up his, his progress against major league talent on a team. That's not going to go anywhere. Right. That's not going to do anything. You want Jared Kelnick for the long haul. And especially you're going to want to save that year of control. If he turns out to be the superstar that you think he is. So because you put him on the op- so you put him on the opening day roster now, and you're a year closer that uh, to possibly having to pay Jared Kelnick a mega deal, or watching you know, him leave in agency. Yeah. Right. So I, it's why would you waste from a Mariners' perspective? Uh, why would you waste a year uh, that you're going to win? Even if Kelnick started on opening day, what are you going to win? Seventy games instead of sixty-seven. And that's a Kelnick is good as a 20-year-old. Yeah. What's the point in that? And by the way, you might stunt his growth. If he struggles and you have to send him back down, we don't yeah. know how he's going to react to that. We watched how Dustin Ackley reacted to that. We watched how Mike Zanino reacted to that. Zanino was rushed. We saw how that didn't work out. Ackley was kept up way too long. We saw how that worked out. Um, and, yeah, you know, Kelnick's a different guy. He's not, you know, the same mentally as either of those players. That doesn't mean it won't have the same effect. There's no upside to the Mariners to jump him to the major leagues right now. There's no upside to Kelnick's game or development whatsoever. Uh, I haven't heard a single rational argument for this other than just fanboys. I want to see him now, so put him on the roster. Yeah. It's, that's, uh, that, that's how you end up perpetually at 78 wins. Yeah. It's an illogical decision, um, one that the Mariners are for sure not even considering in the least. Um, and DePoto yeah. said as much. Yeah, DePoto said, well, geez, I mean, <clears throat> I think it was the first or second broadcast that Root Sports had. Dave Sims asked him if he has a King Griffey Jr.-like spring training, can he make the roster? And he said, even then, no. Like it's, he could it's hit a not, thousand and the answer is no. Yeah, he could hit a thousand with 
home runs on every plate appearance, and you would still start him at double A because that's just. And then if he crushes double A, I mean, then you know the the service time kicks in, and then you're good. And then you bring him up at that point if he if he's just killing it from every every standpoint. You bring him up after after uh, whatever it is. It's like April 29th, right? Something yeah, like but that. I don't even think the Mariners are going to do that. No, uh, I don't think they are either. I'm just saying that if he right. is, I'm just saying like the best case scenario, you know, he's just destroying Double A. Right. He, he's still. He, you're going to see him in in July, most likely. Right. I. I it or doesn't I, matter. You're going to see him this year more than likely yeah. if he stays healthy. Yeah, they, they've they've alluded to that Mets series that's right after the All Star break a couple times. He's alluded to it. I think Jerry's alluded to it. I think that's kind of what they're eyeing, which is kind of funny if he makes right, his debut against the Mets. But yeah, I think it's. I think they're not going to they're not going to call him up before he's ready just so he can play the Mets. So yeah, yeah, they're not, and so. Most likely, though, you're going to see him in late July, August. sometime in August. Maybe even September, and that's, that's <clears> fine. Like, and that's totally fine. Yeah. That really not, is completely fine. Right. You know, just one of the things I got the other – I wrote that article the other day, and, of course, you know, it's – I think a lot of people probably agree, and then there's a very loud minority who are being fueled by <coughs> – uninformed you know football analyst at 710 espn mm-hmm. that they should uh that you know that kelnick should be up because he's clearly one of the three best outfielders and you know aside from that not being a factor uh because the Mariners aren't trying to win in 2020 at all it's just stupid there's no reason i hear all that well mike trout made his debut at 19 or whatever Mike Trout was really bad at 19. Uh, you know, he was, you know, like a 690 OPS. And by the way, Mike Trout had like 400 plate appearances at double A. So did Ronald Acuna, by the way. Yeah. So the only guy I can see who made this jump and made it successfully was a guy like, was a guy like Juan Soto. So, um, and that's one guy out of how many? Um, yeah. so How old was uh, Fernando Tatis last year? Um, let's see. Was he 19? He might have been. Uh, no, he was 20. All right. And how many played appearances did he have? At double A, uh, 90. Or, sorry, no. Uh, 102. 102. So st- still more than... Uh, barely. So... Basically, you could argue that Fernando Tatis, what Tatis is an international signing, right? He was yes, right. So I want to say yes. Um, also, Justin Dunn looks really good right now. Does he? Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, no, it's <clears throat> the things is that. There's this idea that, well, Tatis and Soto, and it's like, first of all, let's hang on here because Acuna and Trout both got way over, you know, 300 plate appearances at Double A. Um, and second of all, 
they're putting a lot of pressure on Jared Kelnick to say, well, he's just as good as Fernando Tatis Jr. He's just as good as Juan Soto. Like, really, guys? Like, you're 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 gonna just jump to that conclusion based on what? Seventeen plate appearances in spring training against you know barely above high A level competition. Come on. I mean that's that's ridiculous. So there's just there's just no reason whatsoever. I can't I haven't heard a single good reason to put Jared Kelnick on the opening day roster, and that's honestly because there isn't one. Yeah. Have you heard a good reason or even a compelling nope. reason? Nope. No. No, it's just, it doesn't matter. A- any argument really doesn't matter when it comes to this. The, the, the history has dictated that uh, young players should be on a steady rise through the ranks of an organization. It should not be, oh, this guy hit really well in a couple of weeks time so now he's all of a sudden major league ready that's just that's insane to me he there even though that the double a level has gotten a lot more competitive as of late because teams are keeping their better players down there to avoid triple a and that ball um even with that it's nothing compared to major league baseball it's not, and that's part of like it's a, the, the best case scenario to me is that <clears throat> Kelnick performs well in Double A, but he goes through some struggles, uh, so we can see how he adapts to that. Um, I want to see Kelnick, you know, fight through a, a slump and come out the other side. I want to see things like that because those are important to baseball players, um, and we just haven't really seen them. So, seen him do that. I mean, for any extended period of time, at least. So, I want to see him do things like that. And then hopefully in July or August or September or whatever, he can come up when there's absolutely no pressure and just kind of go out there and play. And if he struggles early, then so be it. And if he's good early, then you have something to be excited about entering the winter. So um, it's just really short-sighted, I think, of people, um, especially people who have influence, like people on the radio, let's say, uh, you know, just spreading this misinformation that, Jared Kelnick is ready or he's deserving to be on the big league roster. It's preposterous. It's just people yeah. who think that they don't know what they're talking about. And I'm yeah. sorry to be that blunt about it, but it's the truth. It's the flat out truth. You want, let's be honest. If you want Jared Kelnick on the major league roster right now, you want it for a selfish reason. You want it because you want to watch him yeah. in, in April when the Mariners are going to be bad. That's why you want it. It's not because you think he's ready. It's not because you think you just think, oh, I, I want to see him. And if you want to be that selfish, that's fine. You're a fan. You're allowed to be. You're allowed to be selfish. I'd prefer to see things uh, through to in the long run, uh, because I don't have a major difference between winning seventy games versus sixty-seven, if that. So, just, just stop, guys. Just stop. It's not happening, and nor should it. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump over to uh, some players who will actually play outfield for the Mariners in March and April. And we're going to get started with our uh, our outfield preview. Um, this will be our last offensive uh, preview. Um, and then next week we will do starting pitching. And the week after, opening day week, by the way, uh, we'll do the bullpen. So 
Um, let's let's talk about the outfield here. Uh, obviously, Mitch Haniger getting hurt really opens things up a little bit uh, for some other options here. So, um, Ty, where do you want to start? You want to start with the returning vet? You want to start with a few of the young guys? How do you want to do this? Yeah, let's go with the returning. Jesus Christ, Jake Fraley just uh, had a weird route to a ball and fell down. And that was <laughs> not great. Now a run scored. Uh, that was some pretty bad defense from uh, from the Mariners there. Uh, uh, Andrelton Simmons uh, stole a uh, base on a ball that landed in the dirt in front of Nola and a weak throw to second. And then Patrick Wisdom wasn't paying attention and didn't get back to third, so Simmons just ran to thirds. Uh, and now Jake Fraley just falls and, <laughs> and plays. You're plays. probably going to see a lot of that in March and April, so yeah. Uh, be prepared. Uh, yeah, so that was that was lovely. Uh, anyway. So we'll start uh, with the veteran? Yeah, let's start with, uh, with good old Malix. All right, so Malik Smith, who right now is scheduled to be the only uh, returning starter in the outfield thanks to the injury to Mitch Haniger. Um, rough, rough season last year for Malix, um, early in the field especially, and then at the plate pretty much all season. So uh, what do you think about Malik Smith? 26 years old, turns 27 in May. Uh, what do you think 2020 looks like for Malik Smith? I think he's a, he has a great opportunity to bounce back um this year uh you know he finally has a uh, he's gonna have a full spring training under his belt wasn't able to play at all last year in the cactus league um and it just it honestly felt like he was constantly trying to catch up last year um we have seen him play significantly better even in the years uh, previous to, to 2018 when he wasn't all that great. He was just kind of average or slightly below average in terms of offensive production. Even then, he was uh, he was significantly better than he was last year. Um, it was, like you said, it was a rough, rough season for him. Um, but, you know, he's, he's still 26. He still stole 46 bases and led the league last year. Um, he did play a better defense than some might think uh, in center field, um, as we've talked about a little bit. And Elite defense, according to Baseball Savant. I wouldn't say that. but <laughs> I mean, Outs above uh, average, 96th percentile. Outfield jump, 92nd percentile. We'll I mean, agree to disagree with baseball survival. <laughs> I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I thought he was good in the, in the second half yeah. out there. I didn't think he was know top five percent but baseball yeah. savant seems to disagree so yeah um, whatever it's worth still um i think there were certain things that you saw last year with Malix that um you should be encouraged by but mostly you should be encouraged by the fact that he has had success in the past he was a three and a half one player just you know not even uh, two years ago um I think now, you know, being healthy, being able to start out the season with the team and having the spring training under his belt, I think things are going to line up uh, pretty well for him. I don't think he's going to have the year that he did in 2018. I thought that was kind of an outlier, but I think he'll be uh, way better than he was last year. I think he might be in the 260 
batting average range, get on base at like a 340 clip, you know, 330, 340, um, and steal, you know, a ton of bases. Um, you know, and then that's going to be uh, huge for the Mariners for a couple of reasons, because it gives them another option moving forward in the outfield, but it also might, you know, he might end up being a pretty uh, attractive trade, uh, trade piece come July. Uh, if he's having yeah. a good season. So uh, that could be a valuable asset to the Mariners in a couple of ways. And um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think uh, you gotta, you gotta imagine that it's gotta be significantly better than last year. It would hard to be much worse at the play. It would be. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, um, yeah you know, just <clears throat> wrapping up on Malik's last year his average exit velocity and his barrel rates actually went up from his 2018 breakout season. Um, but his hard hit rate percentage actually went down. Um, he hit six home runs last year. Yeah. That, that's like really that, good for him. Yeah. That shows you how juiced the baseball was. Um, yeah. and part of the issue is, you know, in 2018, he struck out 18% of the time last year was 25% of the time. Um, and you know, 25 is probably a bit closer to, to what he will do be, you know, but, yeah, he just wasn't quite as good last year. Um, anyways, uh, Fangraphs predicts that he will play center field for – he'll get uh, 72% of the innings in center field this year. Uh, what do you think? Does that sound about right? Too high? Too low? Um, yeah, no, I think that sounds right. I think when you uh, take into consideration that Braden Bishop's probably going to get some run out there. Uh, Jerk. Hold up. If he's called up. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a good place to put him. You know, the, it accounts for possibly injuries and all that. So, Yeah, I I think he'll certainly get most of the looks out there early in the season. Um, I think we'll see some Jake Fraley out there, too. So, Yeah, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, might, even, might even see Jose Siri, maybe. Yep, um, probably. I would, I, at some point, I would, not right away. Yeah, yeah, but I but, think uh, I think probably May or June we'll probably see Jose Siri at some point. Might even see Kyle Lewis for a couple innings late in a game yeah. or something like that. Um, so yeah, I think Malik. I think seventy two percent is a bit high. Um, you know they have D Gordon at eleven percent. So. Speaking of Malik, he is up to bat. Oh, there we go. Um, helmet staying on this year. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um, but yeah, Malik Smith, I don't know. I, I think you're probably looking at 260, 330, 370-ish. Um, yeah. 35, 40 steals, depending on how much he plays. Um, do you think Malik Smith is wearing a Mariners uniform on August 1st? Uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I mean, that's we'll have a much better idea of how to answer that in about a month. Well, two months. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think you know he's a pretty. You good think? Candidate. You think if he does have a good season, there's no chance they keep him. I don't think he's a part of the long term future, but if he has a good season, I don't think they're just going to give him away. Yeah. So I mean, to me, like Malik Smith is like the seventh or eighth best outfielder for twenty. He's changed his stance. I just noticed. Has he? Yeah, his hand placement is different. Lower, higher. Yeah, it's lower. Oh, wow. Yeah, you used to you used to have the bat on his shoulder. Now it's below angled. his shoulder. 
Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll see how that works out for him then. I don't think I've seen Malik's play yet this uh, this spring, so we'll see how that works out for him. Hopefully, he has a bounce back here. Uh, Malik Smith's a pretty fun player. Um, so yeah, I, I think he'll probably end up moving if he sticks around past August first. I'm guessing he's going to play a lot of left field at that point. But uh, yeah, for now he's the starting center fielder. Um, let's move on. So. Uh, left field is a bit of an interesting uh, mixed bag here. There's uh, Kyle Lewis, who looked as though he was going to be the left fielder entering spring. Um, Mitch Haniger got hurt, so now right field is open all of a sudden. But uh, Fangraphs has it at 40% of left field innings going to Kyle Lewis, 22% going to Jake Fraley, um, 11% going to Malik Smith, uh, Tim Lopes, Cargo, Bishop, Long. They clean up the rest of that, so... Um, Kyle Lewis, uh, seems like he's pretty, pretty much a lock at this point to, uh, be on the opening day roster, uh, which is a bit concerning because he doesn't look great this spring. <laughs> um, as honestly to be expected. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this at nauseum. I, I think I'm, you know, been pretty vocal about, I think Lewis should start the year in triple a. Um, and I think he should stay down there for longer yeah. than a couple weeks. Uh, he's got some serious holes in his swing that he needs to fix, but the Mariners seem to want to give him a shot. So um, Kyle Lewis, I mean, I guess what, what do you, what do you expect from Kyle Lewis? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, w- I want to see the player that, you know, hit all those home runs in September, but you know, with less strikeouts, of course. And, uh, you know, a bit more uh, ability to, to get on base consistently. But um, I really don't know. I really have no idea what's going to happen with Kyle Lewis. Right now in spring, he still looks about the same as he did in September, still swinging and missing a lot. Um, I think, you know, that that's probably always, you know, that's always going to be a part of this game. Um, and players have had a lot of success even with a high strikeout rate you think of some of the big time hitters in baseball right now some of them do have high strikeout rates um of them have 40 percent strikeout rates. yeah none of them yeah none of them have 40 percent but some are in the the high 20s and if he can get down to that part i i yeah. think he can succeed but it's right now it's just there's a lot yeah like you said like long way to go for Kyle Lewis. Um, I still, you know, I'm still very high on him, and I think he can be a quality big leader, leaguer, and uh, possible all star. I, I think he does have that kind of ceiling still to this day, even after all the injuries and everything. But right now, I, I don't feel very confident in what he can do being on this roster immediately on opening day. Um, just from what I've seen in spring, he's missing a lot. Um, he just, he, he, it just, he doesn't look refined yet. You know, he just, he, he looks, he looks like outfielder Mike Sanino. Kind of. Yeah, actually, that's actually lots of power, really... lots of strikeouts above average defense. That's good a guy, really good comp. Yeah. yeah, and you just at some point you just gotta look at it and say, "Look, this we can't just keep you up here because we like you, 
you have to go down and you have to fix things. Um, hey, J.P. Crawford, stolen base. Hey, there we go. He's on his way to seven for the year. There we go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's just one of those things. You can't just let him flounder around in the big leagues trying to figure things out. And I don't think the Mariners would. I think if Lewis struggled in April, they would send him down. Um, but if, uh, to me, if that's a possibility, you just send him down now. You know, you let Carlos Gonzalez, you know, you, you swallow hard and you live with Carlos Gonzalez as an everyday player. Just let Kyle Lewis go down to Tacoma. He's never been to Tacoma yet. Just let him go to Tacoma and destroy the PCL for a little bit. He he needs to be better. And handing him a starting job, to me, is not wise at all. But we'll see who's right. Um, Mariners have a pretty decent track record lately in player development, so I'm willing to be proven wrong. I I think Lewis should be in Tacoma to start the year. Um, But... You know he's kind of slated right now to be one of the starting corner outfielders um, on March 26th. So we'll see how that works out. Um, other name uh, kind of battling out for the final starting spot at least. We have Jake Fraley um, and Carlos Gonzalez and uh, Braden Bishop. I think are kind of fighting for that that third starting outfield spot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, teams typically like to give opening day starts to the veteran, so that would point to Carlos Gonzalez starting on March 26th if he makes the team. But um, so let's let's not focus on just opening day. But uh, who do you think out of that group of three? Who do you think emerges as the strong side everyday outfielder for Seattle? I think, I think it's going to be Cargo to start things off. Um, Yippee. Yeah, uh, I it see it really does seem like they want to have a veteran presence there in that outfield group. Yeah. Aside from Malik, I mean Malik is still really 26. young in the grand scheme of things, and he doesn't has, turn twenty-seven till May. Yeah, and he's only played what like two, three full Parts MLB of four seasons. seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I think that's going to be the move for them. Um, and, you know, but I also don't think that they're going to be uh, hesitant to get rid of him if it doesn't work out. Um, I, 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 I really don't see a scenario, you know, because Jerry has completely or has, you know, this entire season has hammered the idea that this year is about getting the most opportunity for the young players to play. And I think with, Outfield being one of the strongest units of his farm system, and you got a lot of guys that are at the big league level or near it, and you also have Mitch Hanniger eventually getting involved at some point, hopefully this season. I don't think Cargo is going to be a long-term play if it, if it doesn't go well. I don't think they're going to push the issue. I think they'll be completely fine with... Um, you know, Jake Fraley, Malix, uh, and Kyle Lewis, and Braden Bishop mixed in there um, until, you know, Kelnick and Hanager are able to play. Yeah. Uh, but I think you, you, you run with it to start things off. I mean, why not? You saw what, you know, Hunter Pence was able to do last year. I know I've pulled that comparison out. And, that you know, they're two very different players. But just looking at the situations, uh, the situations are fairly similar. And 
for cargo, I, I, I think, you know, if he has a decent enough season, possibly you trade him or you, you know, you get, you know, maybe from just a, a business standpoint, you're able to put a few butts in the seats because he's a, he's kind of a, a, a bigger name. And if he's playing fairly well, that, that might bring a casual fan or two in, but, um, you know, I think there are benefits of having him there if it, if he succeeds. Um, I just don't see it. Uh, but I think he is going to be their, their, their guy there at left field. Uh, Jake Fraley's had a up-and-down spring training. You mentioned the uh, adventure he had today. Uh, the other day he turned around a 102-mile-an-hour fastball or something. Yeah, uh, gets the White Sox, yeah. Um, you know, so Fraley. You think Fraley makes the opening day roster? Um. Yeah. No. I. I, I think Fraley. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. Kind you of know. between Fraley and Bishop, right? I mean. Yeah, and I feel like Bishop's more of a major leaguer in their eyes than Fraley is. Right now. Right now. Yeah. Right now. Uh, Bishop hasn't looked right this spring either. Yeah, um, but defensively, yep. he's, he's your best. He guy. might, he, you know, aside from Evan White, he might be the best defensive player on the Mariners roster. He's better. Uh, than Evan White. Yeah. So defensively, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's twenty six. You know, he's Rayleigh's twenty four, I think. So I mean, it's. I think those two are battling for the last spot because I. I Feel like Tim Lopes has done quite a bit to secure his uh, his spot on the twenty six man roster. Um, so I, I think you know Lopes as a fourth outfielder or fifth outfielder is fine. Um, so you kind of think it's going to be Malik Smith, Kyle Lewis, Cargo, and then the fourth outfielder is Braley or Bishop. Yeah, how you've seen this go. Yeah, early at least. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like Fraley might be more likely to start in triple a yeah really has higher upside um, yeah yeah for sure which i mean kind of i mean it's it's debatable it depends on how much you trust or like uh Braden bishop's bat because if Braden bishop is you know close to an average 100 wrc plus guy it's probably an all-star i mean that's how good he is not that he'll make a lot of all-star teams but he'll be all-star quality that's how yeah. good his glove and his defense are. Um, Fraley has to hit. You know, Fraley's a pretty good defender, despite what you saw today. Um, yeah, but, no, no, no. I, I didn't know that. That was just yeah. uh, it was oh, a very yeah. uncharacteristic, right. shocking thing to see. I mean, it was a tough ball to play, and you know, it's a it wasn't Domingo Santana or anything. No, 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 no. It was a tough play, and he might not <laughs> have even gotten to it if he if he didn't trip. But it was just kind of an ugly looking play. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, you're probably going to see, I would say, Lewis Smith in cargo uh, to start. And then you're going to have D. Gordon on the team, if you have D. Gordon on the team. Um, he's going to be able to play a little bit of outfield. Tim Lopes is going to be able to play a little bit of outfield. So I don't think it's impossible that both Fraley and Bishop start the year in AAA. Um, but if I had to guess the guy who's up on, you know, who's more likely to be up on the opening day roster, I'm probably going to take Fraley. But I think it should be Bishop, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, so right now in the game, 
uh, Taylor Gilbo is facing Shohei Otani, and he just got Trout and Rendon out. And he's looking for a one, two, three inning. Oh, those guys are trash, though. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so Malik's uh, Kyle Lewis, and then Cargo probably going to get a bulk of the playing time um, in March and early April, at least. I, I would tend to agree there. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's Fraley Bishop and uh, mainly Fraley, Fraley and Bishop fighting for that fourth spot um, if the Mariners decide to go that route. So, uh, in terms of other outfielders, Mitch Haniger, we're not sure when he's coming back. Um, or if even, um, so kind of tough to project where he's going to play, uh, or not when he is going to play, how much is he going to play? Um, you know, I've gotten some questions about Eric Filia. Uh, no, he's no, you don't, you don't want to see the shimmy. I I don't, I don't dislike the shimmy and, you know, eventually if he keeps hitting like he has, He's going to have. You're going to have to. And Gilbo strikes out Otani. Future closer Taylor Gilbo, um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. At least I don't dislike Philia. Uh, he's been a little bit screwed by the uh, the newly changed drug policy. Um, got caught what marijuana a couple times. Um, oh, was that what it was? I thought it was PEDs. I'm pretty sure it was just. I think it was oh. drugs and abuse. Oh, that sucks. Which is marijuana. At least one of them was. Um, which is a stupid thing. Which is a stupid thing to you know suspend players for, but also not unknown to players. So yeah, um, Philly, he definitely shares some blame in that. Um, the dude hits. You know, in the minor leagues, he's three twenty with a four twelve on base percentage in four minor league seasons. Um, not a lot of pop, so to speak, but juice ball maybe. Whatever it is, you know, Philia, maybe. I mean, if you get on base, I, I, I just, I like getting on base. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't, like You can hit 20, you know, you can hit 40 home runs and beat trash, you know, otherwise useless. Uh, but, you know, yeah. if you get on base at like a 340, 350 club, I like you. I mean, yeah, but yeah. I just, I don't see Philia jumping like nine other guys. Oh, no, 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 for sure. Yeah, you might have a you might have an opportunity. Uh, you know, probably not in Seattle, but maybe with another team to be uh, a rotational piece and uh, you know at first base and the corner outfield spots. Um, maybe some DH if you can get the power up a bit. But um, yeah, I I just I don't think that uh, Eric. Phil, he's so far off my radar in terms of yeah, you know future Mariners that it's just not worth much to me. Um, to, I feel like he's been in the organization for like 10 years. 27 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Um, he's been in the org since uh, 2016. So this will be year four or year five rather. Um, so a couple suspensions mixed in there. The power hasn't really shown up. But he gets on base. So we'll see if he gets a shot. I don't think it'll be I mean, I think if he does, it'll be because a cataclysmic series of injuries hits. Um, but we'll wait and see, Philia. Just got to watch. Jose Siri uh, certainly flashed this spring. Um, but you can see the things that he needs to work on. Um, I don't think we can uh, expect the Mariners to add another outfielder. Um, 
pretty sure my Yasiel Puig dream is dead. Not that it ever had much life to it anyways, but I think this is pretty much the group. And then hopefully in, you know, July or August, you get Hanniger back, you get, uh, you get Kelnick up and, uh, you see what you can do with your young guys. So, uh, I don't know. Overall, the outfield, are you excited? Or are you underwhelmed, overwhelmed? Like, how you uh, about it's, the it's, it's the most interesting group on the team, I think. Um, a lot of you. And, and, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of good things that can come out of this. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, and the good news is that your two best outfielders in your organization aren't a part of this group yet. So... Three of them, actually. Yeah, if you if you count. Well, I'm I'm counting Kelnick and and Julio and Hanniger as yeah. those as the. I, know, and, I wouldn't count Julio yet, but I get what you're oh, saying. Oh, I'm not I'm not saying yeah I'm not saying that in terms of like MLB. No, perhaps uh, the most likely formation of yeah. outfielders on the next good Mariners team. None yeah. of them will be on your opening day roster this year. Yeah. And so if, you, if you're able to, you know, if Kyle Lewis is able to cut the strikeouts down and be able to get on base consistently and is more of that, you know, and, and possibly gets close to that all-star ceiling, whoopee, you know? <laughs> and, and maybe Malik Smith is pretty, pretty damn good this year and is pretty close to his 2018 self and... You know, maybe you have a really good trade ship there, or, uh, or you know, he's you know you try to figure out how he could fit into your future, or Jake Fraley or Braden Bishop. You know, like you said with with Bishop, it's it's all it all comes down to the bat. He's a Gold Glove quality center fielder. Um, that's not to say that he will win any Gold Gloves, but that's the kind Got of. It. You got to hit to win a gold glove in Major League Baseball. Yeah, because that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, there. There's a lot of potential for for a lot of good. You know, Braden Bishop could be a like if he hits, he could be a three to four win player in this league. Yep. With the defense, uh, Jake Fraley could be a, a, a Brett Gardner type. Mm-hmm. On the uh, prospect ranks we released today, uh, Fraley was on it. Um, he was in the group. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I dropped the, the Brett Gardner comp that you like. I also dropped a Johnny Damon comp. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a ceiling there. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there's, there's a lot of upside in the outfield. Um, even not counting, obviously, Kel Nicolio and and Hanniger, so... Yeah, it'll be a fun position group to watch. Uh, I think there'll be quite a bit of change throughout the year. And obviously guys like Tim Lopes and Dylan Moore and Shed Long, they'll probably play out there on occasion, maybe even Austin Ola. So uh, I, I would expect, you know, one of the corner outfield spots to kind of be a a roving, you know, Yeah, Tim, Tim Lopes is another guy that, you know, we haven't yep. really talked about. And he was yeah. really solid defensively. No, yeah, we covered Lopes in the in the second base preview but yeah no, yeah that's... but i mean like today yeah it's a and he's been great in the spring i dude i i, I really has he though 533 with an 867 slugging percentage i mean oh oh that's sure, trash never mind sure he has five doubles and 15 at bats but you know 
he hasn't walked yet, and he struck struck out two whole times. Um, so I mean, I don't know if he's worth talking about. Um, <laughs> by the way, opponent quality there not great. It's right at about double A level. But yeah. uh, Lopes showed last year, you know, three fifty nine on base with what six steals and like thirty games or something like that. Yeah, he had um, a like what was his WRC plus like one ten or something like that. One hundred one. Uh, and he put up a 0.8 B war um, in 41 games, mostly coming off the bench. So, I mean, yeah, Lopes probably going to make the big league team, and he probably should. So, um, yeah. I think he'll probably – I mean, they're going to try and get him in some games early. And left field is probably a pretty good place to do that right now. So, um, Lopes will factor in as well. So, yeah, that's going to uh, wrap up the outfield – preview uh like i said it's it's a good group it's a fun group uh there's quite a bit of upside in it um there's also admittedly quite a bit of downside so uh we'll see how that works out for him and you know enjoy malik smith the opening day center fielder after that i don't know <laughs> I, I i don't i really don't know so um so we have a little bit of time here before we uh, wrap up the podcast so uh i wanted to get to a question from um, Oliver, uh, guy sends us quite a few questions, um, throughout the uh, season. Yeah. He's, uh, always asked some pretty good questions. So I want to make sure I get to this, this episode. Um, he wants to know, um, he says, considering how spring training is going so far, which starter isn't going to make the rotation? Uh, he gives three options here. Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, or Taiwan Walker. Um, I mean, I think the answer is done, right? Uh, sorry, uh, what was the question I was focusing on this? I'm bad. I'm so sorry. No, you're not. But uh, he, <laughs> he basically wants to know uh, Sheffield, Walker, and Dunn. Who, who's the odd man out in the rotation? Oh, yeah, Dunn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Justin Dunn's looked pretty good this spring. Um, we'll give him that. But, yeah, there are some things he needs to work on. He needs to, uh, you know, obviously command needs to be better. And Cornelius just destroyed a baseball that, whoa, it went off the wall. That was shocking, and okay, that was it weird. It, it looked like he just destroyed it, and then it just went off the right field wall. Weird. Okay. Uh, anyway, Neil needs to hit the gym, man. Two weeks. So hit at the big leagues. That right there. Yeah, I've heard some things about Justin Dunn maybe piggybacking with Taiwan Walker. I, I, I've heard that's kind of a that, that's an idea that someone has. I forget where I read that, but that's kind of interesting. But uh, I, I think he should just start out in uh, double A AA or triple A. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's he's first in line if there's an injury. Yeah. I would assume. Um, Depending on the length. I yeah. mean, you saw Swanson and Margavicious, uh, Wei Yin Chin, maybe if you can, you know, get him to stick around for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we haven't seen Walker on the mound yet in, in a game. Um, I believe he's pitching in a B game today. Yeah, um, he's up to ninety four. Okay, so again, fastball. So yeah, he's that's... probably going to be ready, but you, you do have to see him pitch in a, you know oops, <laughs> in game uh, here pretty soon. You're running out of time, so we'll have to get some work in there. But uh, I, I I just I don't see much of a chance that. Dunn breaks the uh, the starting rotation, um, sending him down to Double A, kind of trying to avoid that mess in Triple A. Uh, yeah. Probably the wise move, I think. So, 
Uh, but yeah, Dunn has a chance to be up, you know, May, I think. So, but uh, you don't want to just keep him around and stick him in the bullpen because you want him to develop as a starter. And in order to do that, to do that, he needs to start games. So, uh, yeah, he should he should go down to Double A. And uh, if Taiwan Walker gets hurt or Kendall Graveman, which is not out of the realm of possibility for either, uh, then he'll have a pretty good shot at getting called up early in the season. So um, it's it's good. Apparently, it sounds like he looked pretty good today against the Angels. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's uh, things are looking up for Justin Dunn. He had, he's had a pretty good spring. Um, he'll just have to continue to have it in Double A. So can you envision? A Mariners starting rotation no. this this season that has no. Logan Gilbert in it and not Justin Dunn. Uh, no, I I don't unless Dunn gets hurt or he really doesn't perform well. Um, because I think at the end of the day, they'll move Graveman to the bullpen or he'll get hurt or Walker will be hurt. There's going to be two spots open at some point this year. Um, I I don't see. I suppose it's possible that Gilbert jumps done um, and he gets called up first. There's an injury. Um, but I don't think that, you know, unless necessity dictates that they would have one in the rotation and like one in the bullpen. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's possible that, you know, Gilbert just jumps done on the depth charts. Um, I wouldn't say it's likely, but it's, it's possible. So I, maybe, Maybe it's the way to answer that. So sure, um, but if both are healthy and performing, I think you're not going to end the season with Gilbert in the rotation and Dunn in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. So, anyways, we'll dive into that a little deeper next week when we do our starting pitching preview. Um, so we have we have enough time for like two questions on our wheel. Um, do you want to give the uh, wheel of opinion a spin here and uh, answer a couple of these questions we didn't get to last week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's crank up the wheel. Here we go. My bad. Excellent hit refresh. Um, so we're looking at King Duck, who we've answered. Spin the wheel one more time. All right, we get to Jen, Jen's question. Uh, Let's see, Jen here wants to know, um, is it better to have the second most projected losses or the most uh, hashtag draft? Um, So, I mean, I I guess I would start by saying projections don't mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I would say I'd much rather have the most losses than the second most. Yeah. Um, so, projections-wise, doesn't matter. Actuality, I mean, obviously you'd rather have the first pick in the draft than the second pick. I just don't think Seattle's going to be bad enough to get either of those picks. But we'll see. Um, I mean, I'm assuming, Ty, you'd rather have the first pick than the second pick, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, if it came down to uh, to this season. season. Yeah, like if, you're, if you have situation. a chance. Yeah, if you have a chance to get Kumar Rocker next year. Obviously, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I think to kind of expand on this, 
what you don't want is you don't want the Mariners to say, okay, well, it's July and we're in a tight race with the Orioles or whoever for the first pick um, and we're playing them. You know what? We're not going to start Marco Gonzalez. We're going to let, you know, Anthony Misovich start this game for some rant for no reason whatsoever. You don't want him doing that. That's that's straight tanking. That's throwing games. Um, but, you know, if you get into late September and so we've seen this exact scenario play out where the Mariners just need to lose one game against the Oakland A's to secure Steven Strasburg. And what do they do? They go out and they sweep a four-game series to get the number two pick. Strasburg goes one, and with the second overall pick, the Seattle Mariners select Dustin Ackley. Hashtag could have had Trout. So could like 20 other teams, but sure. Yep. Let's... yep. <laughs> but no, yeah. So obviously you'd rather have the higher pick. Uh, I don't think you go out of your way to try and get it um, unless you get to the very end of the season. Um, and it's right there for you. So, uh, But yeah, you'd rather have the, the most losses than the second most losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Personally, I don't think they're going to come closely to that. I think Kansas City... Uh, Detroit, Baltimore, San Francisco. I think they're all worse than Seattle. So we'll see how it works out, though. You never know. Difference between being the fifth worst team in baseball and the worst. Usually it's luck. So we'll see how it works out for them. Anyways, thanks for the question, Jen. Let's spin the wheel one more time. Um, a butt RX. Uh, is he in the league? We might have answered his question last time. Uh, oh, no. Well, either way. Uh, higher ceiling. It's a quick one anyway, so we'll answer it. Higher ceiling, Julio or Kalnick? Kalnick. Yeah. Defense, guys. Yeah. The, deep, the bats are – I think the bats are going to be roughly similar. Uh, Kalnick's a much better defender. He can actually play center field, and he's a better base runner. Kalnick has a higher ceiling, I think. Yep. Uh, just overall player. Yep. That's not to say that Julio has the potential to be a perennial all-star, you know, silver slugger winner, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. Um, but Kalnick has the ability to be one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball and also be one of the best hitters in baseball. So yep. that's um, kind of his ceiling. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, real fast here. I'm just going to – I'm an idiot. I didn't take off the questions that we answered on the wheel, so I'm just going to run through a couple of them here real fast that I know we didn't answer last week. Uh, here's a fun one from at Huff underscore 24 underscore Joseph. God, that's a long Twitter handle guy. Um, but anyways, his tweet is uh, – it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Ready for this? Milk goes good with everything. Change my mind. Like everything, like so liter- like, literally everything. I'm gonna chug milk with Chinese food. Like, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, my answer to like pretty much anything, like related to this, is Chinese food. Um, for American Chinese food, for example, uh, one of the things I've heard in the past is melted cheese improves every single type of food. Prove me wrong. Really, you're gonna met you're gonna melt cheese on. You know, General Tso's chicken. Bun. Yeah, really? 
that's that's not happening, man. So uh, milk goes good with everything. I mean, I guess it depends on how much you like milk. Would would you have milk with sushi? I that's I what never, I ask. <laughs> I I would never eat sushi. Uh, yeah. I don't like raw food. Uh, sure. Go figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just and I'm not saying it's not good or anything like that. I just I can't put it in my mouth. It just mentally. I only hard. like yeah yeah. I only like a couple rolls. The rest of the stuff kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Um, milk goes good with everything. I'll say this: I have an aunt who drinks a glass of milk with every meal, or she used to. Um, I don't know if she still does, but she used to drink a glass of milk with every meal. Mexican food, Chinese food, Italian food. Shoot, maybe this is your aunt. <laughs> no, she can't use Twitter. Um, <laughs> well, she could, but she doesn't. Um, but no, uh, milk goes good with everything. I doubt it. I doubt it. I'll tell you what. Uh, eat, eat a bunch of uh, eat some pad thai and down a glass of milk. Tell me how you tell me how you uh, how you feel inside. Yep. Yep. Down, uh, yeah. Down some milk with uh, some sashimi or something. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. 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 Have fun with that. Yep. Um, yeah. Here's one um, from Sad Mariner at Sad Mariner on Twitter. Okay. Um, favorite ballpark <laughs> food at T Mobile Field? Have you ever been to T Mobile Field, Ty? Well, I've been to Safeco. Safeco, obviously. Yeah. How long uh, has it been? I was there last in 2007. Oh, my God. Jared Washburn pitched against the <laughs> Minnesota Twins. That's the last Mariners game you went to in Seattle. That was either 06 or 07, yeah. So it's probably not your uh, your expertise here. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't experienced uh, – yeah, I, 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 yeah, no, it's been 13 be, years. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't typically eat food at the ballpark. Um, I can't get over how outrageously overpriced it is. Um, you know, obviously sometimes I'll do something like a hot dog, but there's nothing about that, uh, you know, by yeah. itself that's worthwhile. Um, you mean you don't want a vogie hoagie? No, nah, I didn't say that. I just, I don't want to spend, <laughs> you know, $14 on it. Um, but I, I think this year, there's a there's a place I'm gonna end up trying uh, because it just looks so delicious. Um, anytime I see it on TV or in the ballpark, yeah. Uh, there's apparently a place in the ballpark called Fats Chicken. Okay. F A T S Chicken. Yeah. Um, the chicken sandwiches look delicious. Um, okay. So uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of chicken sandwiches. Instead of like chicken wings and things like that. Um, so I would say that. I've never eaten in the Hit It Here Cafe. I can't really answer you there. Um, uh, one of the things, uh, you can try a, a grilled cheese sandwich from, I think it's called the Big Cheese. Um, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good sandwich. Um, but yeah, you know, it's mostly I eat before I go in and I eat after. Um, get the bottomless soda for 12 bucks or whatever bottle of water and watch the game but uh, i i've never had it but based on the pictures and what i've heard about it i would recommend fats chicken uh in the pen so that would be my guess yeah um so have you had the like the big you know the 
items that at, at, at Safeco or well, T-Mobile now with like the the garlic fries and the crickets and all. Yeah, you know, have have no, you tried I've never those? Had the crickets. Okay. Um, garlic fries, I've had. They're fine. Um, yeah. I'm not not overly fond of the way they make things smell, but they're they taste pretty good. Yeah. Um, but they're nothing special. That's the thing is that most of the food, ballpark food at, at T-Mobile, I don't really think it's that special. I think it's just kind of average. Um, and the prices are such that I don't want to pay for mediocre, you know, food. Seattle's they've, they've started like this deal of the day thing where you, a certain items, you know, two bucks that day. Right. But even they only do like the pizza slice and the hot dog and the soda. That's during the week, you know, when nobody goes to your games. During the yeah. weekend, it's like licorice rope and peanuts, which, come on. Um, sometimes they do hot dogs, but they're not the good hot dogs. They're like the, their hot dogs are like a super crumbly, dry bun. Somehow the bun is both wet and it's made of sand at the same time. So, um, it's just the hot dogs at uh, a Rogers Center are pretty good. Uh, they're provided by Schneider's, which is like one of the big hot dog brands here, and um, like the buns are pretty good and. Dogs are like a nice size, and they have a lot of condiments and stuff. Like yeah. they have like pickles and peppers and onions and all that stuff. It's pretty good. You, if you're if you're willing to pay at T-Mobile, you get pretty yeah. good food. I'm just yeah. not willing to pay fifteen dollars for a slice of pizza. You know? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm, just, I'm not going to do that. I'll wait till after the game and go get two large pizzas. Um, yeah. That's just me. But I, I'm definitely going to try Fats Chicken. At some point, this it just sounds so delicious. And yeah. I'm a big fan of fried chicken sandwiches. So, um, yeah. I am trying to look into coming this year. Uh, I I really do want to uh, get out there, and I'm hoping that if my uh, tax return comes back uh, a little nicer than expected, that I might be able to uh, put aside some money for that. Um, we'll see, but yeah. I would like to have my first T-Mobile park experience there you go, a little vacay in the pacific northwest nope gotta love it um yeah. so a lot I've of been, these other i've been keeping an eye on expedia yeah. lately. <laughs> <laughs> uh a lot of these other questions we've answered today they happen to do with the outfield so that's nice so um i think we're going to wrap it up on this question uh, sure. from andrew tabit at tabit andrew or tabit andrew on twitter um I, i'm not quite sure how I, I'm just going to read it word for word. Um, are horses just cows that believed in themselves and stuck to their New Year's resolution, or is there really no chance I could ever look like Jared Kelmick? Um, I anything, mean, is, anything is possible. Except for I, that. <laughs> I mean, That's true. I, I, I don't mean, have you man. seen I, that guy's forearms? Like, Christ. Oh, my God, uh, they're... They're bigger than my thighs. Um, that's saying something. I uh, shoot, just uh, if you have the commitment, go on a keto diet. <laughs> I don't have that kind of commitment. Uh, you'll lose a lot of weight very quickly. You'll get shredded as long as you stick with the, the workout regimen. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not gonna say you can't. I don't. I don't know you personally, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't know genetics and all that stuff. If it's easy sure, sure. for you to lose weight or easier for you to gain weight, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of things that. But but you know, uh, 
you know, believe in yourself, man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but, you know, cow, cows, yeah, uh, or uh, horses are just uh, cows. I mean, cows sure. are significantly better. They're more useful than horses. Sure. Um, we have cars now. We don't need horses. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know what to tell I you, saw, man. I saw this weird movie uh, a couple weeks ago called Sorry to Bother You, and it's about this guy that gets into, like, telemarketing or something, but then he ends up going to this party, and uh, basically it's like these, uh, this company is turning people into horse people or something, and uh, that was strange. So w- when I heard the word horse, it brought up that the memory of that weird movie, and now I feel unsettled. I, I have to believe you made that up. Anyways, um, any, (laughs) I can't believe that's a real movie. Uh, That is a very real movie. (laughs) I I don't think so. Anyways, uh, you have anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Um, yeah, stop being stupid and, and pounding the table for Jerry Kelnick. It's not happening. Come on. You want this team to be good, right? Use some logic. Use your damn head. Um, He'll be, he'll be up in a few months. Everything will be right in the world. He'll be a lot better for it. And it's going to be fun when he's up. I'm really excited about that. Um, yep. Yeah. But uh, for now, pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. Pump the brakes. He's take awesome. It, take it easy. Take it easy. Yep. We'll he's get awesome, there. We'll but, get there. But, but yeah. It, it, all, all good things come in due time. Yeah, the Mariners are going to uh, be working on Jared Kelnick's schedule, not the other way around. So just just, just calm down, take a deep breath. He'll get up here. And in the meantime, um, you know, stop tweeting us because there's nothing you're going to say that's going to convince us otherwise. Um, but anyways, uh, I guess I'll use my sign-off time here, um, pre-sign-off time here, to remind you guys to uh, wash your hands and maybe avoid some handshakes for a while. Uh, drink some juice, drink some water. And you'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah. You guys stay stay yeah, safe stay out there. Safe. Like, for real. Um, if, if you're sick, stay home. For love of God, just stay home. This, there's nothing that, you know, yeah. treat this like you would any other flu. Yeah, uh, you'll be yeah. Fine. yeah I've heard it's been, uh, you know, there's been some reports out of Washington. There's been some reports here in Ontario. Yep, yep, um, yep. It's, like I said, it's going around. But, uh, yeah. like I said, yeah. honestly, wash your hands. Avoid, you know, just avoid touching other people, you know, outside of your house and whatnot. Just, you know, just be sick. Treat it like flu season. You'll be fine. Um, And if you are sick, then you need to check yourself into a hospital or you need to not, you need to avoid, you know, other people. Don't be, don't be selfish. Um, If you're sick, get it checked out. And if it's, you know, if it's the coronavirus and you're listening to this, you know, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Just. Don't don't spread it to other people. Wash your hands, guys. Wash your hands. Anyways, yeah. uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the Soto Mojo podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Soto Mojo FS if you want to send us questions um, or ideas for segments or things like that. Uh, you can also like our Facebook page. But if you want to get a hold of us, the quickest and easiest way is on Twitter. That is the uh, social media platform we use the most. Uh, make sure you visit us at SotoMojo.com. Uh, recently we have been revealing our top 40 Mariners prospects today. We posted uh, number 15 through 11. 
which means, uh, you know, sometime in the next couple of days, we'll start cracking in on the top 10. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, fun notes coming out of spring training. Um, obviously, if Jerry DePoto makes a trade or there's a free agent signing or anything like that, we'll be on top of that as well. Uh, and make sure you just go to uh, sotomojo.com to, uh, to stay up to date on all that stuff. So, uh, Ty, what's the score on the Mariners game right now? It is nothing, Angels. They better win because I want to tweet my my favorite tweet ever. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, Vogie uh, destroyed that baseball, and uh, the baseball time. gods were like, "No, no, no," and uh, banged it off the wall. So it should have been one one one, but uh, it's not. And uh, you know, but hey, Nestor Cortez has been in the game. He's looked solid. He's gotten four straight outs. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's locating well. He's staying in the zone. Staying in on these hitters and uh, yeah, yeah. The Angels, the Angels are letting their 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 starters go for a while too. Uh, Dylan Bundy went into the fourth. Oh, nice. Uh, they're they're wrap, they're uh, cranking up a little bit here. Yeah. That's nice. So you guys, uh, you guys heard it here first. Ty's calling. Um, what's it? Nestor Cortez, Cy Young winner, twenty twenty. You heard it here yep. first uh, yep. from from good old Ty Gonzalez. That is that is one hundred percent what I just said. It is. It's word yep. for word almost. Yep. Um, so anyways, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, I'll see you in another life. Peace out. Peace.